Race, race, race 22. Race 22 Podcast. Welcome to the Race 22 Podcast. Race 22 Podcast. Hosted by Race22.com founder, Mr. Langley Austin. Come here, I'm gonna eat you! I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain! Get in my belly! Come on! Race22 Podcast is co-hosted by Performance Center Racing Warehouse President, Mr. Roger Johnson. Just keep your foot on the gas and drive right by him on the outside. You told me nobody goes to the outside on turn four. You go to the outside, you can hold it. Now your host, Mr. Langley Austin. On this episode of the podcast, Roger Johnson and I assembled some of the best minds in late model stock car racing today to pose questions concerning rules, regulations, how to implement them from a unified source, and how to get tracks tech inspectors more educated. But first, we introduced each member of the roundtable to share their experience. I'm going to go right to left here. Uh, we got Scott Gilby, former Hickory Motor Speedway uh, tech director i'm not sure exact job title but uh, go ahead and tell us uh, tell us about yourself and your history and racing and all that uh well <clears throat> i grew up you hear me okay yeah i can hear you fine i can't it's echoing in my in my ear so i didn't know uh if yeah, you could hear race me, 22's anyway, equipment who knows that, that's fine just as long as we, <laughs> as long as we're good I'll, I'll keep talking so uh grew up on a dirt tracks so of wilkes county north carolina and and then finally we made the transition to hickory and you know uh basically started with nothing and built what we had and finally got a little bit of sponsorship and was able to run good for for several years at hickory and won several races and and uh, and a couple championships uh run, won the ara touring championship back in 2001 and mm-hmm. and uh won a couple big the big late mile races at wilkesboro that's probably the big hey hey for for us yeah. you know back in 94 and 96 won both those big races against all the guys that came down from virginia is like we used to say and yeah uh then then went on to um uh run a f- couple bush races and all pro series and a few odds and ends before i come back to run the ara deal but uh but then kind of got out of it drove other people's stuff for a little while uh and then uh you know it's in your blood so right. over at Hickory one night, and Kevin Piercy walked up to me and asked me if, if I'd be interested in working for the racetrack and helping. And I actually ended up started as race director mm-hmm. at Hickory and race directed one year, then moved down to the tech shed and uh, had the opportunity to, you know, that, that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to yeah. be around the racers. Uh, and uh, so I was headed up to tech, I believe it was for about four years, uh, you know, worked the big Martinsville races and mm-hmm. uh, Southern National and stuff. So, uh, seen seen a lot been on both sides of the fence per se so right. it's been a good experience i've been real fortunate to have the opportunities if i had and and be able to race and race competitive there for for several years so gotcha all right next up we got uh, david lightning that's what most of you would know him by saunders um who is the cars tour uh tech man currently and i believe he's also the tech man at uh southern national i believe um yes and um I still help Dominion in South Boston. Um, I've been in racing for 30-some years with Carl Long, Scott Riggs, Danny Willis, um, all the way up to, um, I don't know, 10 years ago. 
I got offered the job at South Boston, and uh, I was head tech there. Then I went to Caraway, and was there for three or four years. And been this is my second year with the Cars Tour. Gotcha. Uh, th then we've got uh, Kenny Hundley, former NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series uh, competition director, I believe, director of competition, however they put that. Uh, yeah. Tell us about yourself. Well, I'm 56 years old, and I've been racing for 56 years. <laughs> That's it. There it is right there. <laughs> my dad, my first memories as a child was sitting in my mama's lap at the King Sport Speedway in the grandstands watching my dad run a modified on dirt. So uh, after he quit that, uh, King Sports Speedway went to pavement. Uh, they asked my dad to run the racetrack, and but you know I done everything. I picked the trash up, sold the tickets, <laughs> took the tickets up, worked the concession stands. I've, the joke was that I've done everything at the racetrack except be a flagman. I've never done that, so we'll have to make it happen. Yeah. maybe we'll make it happen sometime. Sure. So uh, after that, he. Uh, he went to work for uh, Kenny Childers, a coal miner, and uh, we run for the Lake Mall Sportsman National Championships four years. It was two with LD and two with Butch Lindley. We won them. The coal miner decided he wanted to go cup racing. So at that point in time, I was uh, just graduating out of high school, and uh, I went to work for him. Donnie Allison was driving the car. Went to work for him. I, I graduated high school on Friday one night, whatever it was, uh, next morning I got up and went to Bluefield, West Virginia, climbed in a van, and we went to Riverside, California. It was my first first show. So, awesome. So I worked there several years. Another little another little tidbit there, he, he, uh, he hired me at $150 a week. I think that's important for people to know. That's awesome. Yes, well, I, I mean. Yeah, but when we got back from, we went to Riverside, we changed the car over, we went to Michigan. Then we come home, so we was gone for about a month. When I got my first paycheck, it was $350 a week. And I said, what's this? And he said, well, I hired a sweeper, and I've got a fabricator. And I said, well, okay, that's great. Here we go. So uh, that after that, uh, we went to uh, work for the coal miner for them several years, ever to uh, 81, I guess, uh, had a little time off, went to uh, Morgan McClure in 84, I guess it was. Tony Glover called me and said, uh, I need some help up here, come help me. So I went to work for Morgan McClure for several years. During all this time when I was 16 years old, I was a volunteer fireman. So I got married. Well, I worked at Morgan McClure, and I got uh, had a kid on the way, and I decided, well, I'm going to change up here a little bit. My racing was my profession, and firefighting was my hobby, so then I turned around, and I became a fireman. Went to work for the city of Kingsport, and I started racing as a hobby. It was a good deal. I worked three days a week. Got the... That's work, great. I worked three days a week, so I got plenty of time to race. I think... Uh, we built a we built a first late mall stock car for for the Ford place up home. Got Scott Blunkus to drive it. It was uh so that was the first thing I'd ever seen a coilover car. I always worked on big springs. We uh and this on and on through the years, uh we got to helping different guys that come to us, come to my dad and want us to help him learn to we've got Nate Monteith 
and took him as a kid. Uh, Keith Stillner raced against Scott. Mm. He kicked her tail pretty regular. Uh, 98, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, I decided to, uh, I didn't have any advantages, so I started working on shocks. I said, that's the next step. So mm -hmm. I've been building shocks ever since. Uh, I went on to uh, be the crew chief for Henderson Motorsports Pro Cup team for several, several years. Crew chief for a while on their, on their truck. Then uh, went to work for NASCAR and uh, that's where I'm at now. Now I'm, that's 30 years as a fireman. Now I'm retired and doing the honeydew list. <laughs> <laughs> that's All awesome. Right. All right, and then uh, finally we've got uh, Mike Bushy over here. Um, we don't. We haven't really decided what he does. He's a legend. <laughs> we, we're not really sure. That, that's funny right there. He does a little bit of everything. <laughs> I don't know if I can top what Kenny just said right there, but my early memories of racing was – I, I was born up north in Massachusetts, and I grew up down here, so I've been galvanized, as you would say. That's why I don't have an accent from up there. But anyhow, my dad started racing when I was little. He raced snowmobiles on Lake Champlain, New York, and I remember that well. And then we moved from there. He started racing cars at Lebanon Valley Speedway. Uh, he finished third in his first race and won his second race he ever ran. So after that, we moved down south, and we started racing back in the 80s at Wilson County Speedway, Wake County Speedway. Everywhere on the East Coast, you know, we would run. I uh, helped Urban Reesby for a long time. Uh, he was like another father to me. I grew up, I grew up with kind of like two or three different dads, you know, through racing and, and, and got several jobs building race cars. I worked for Joe Walters at Phase 2 when they were in business for a long time. And uh, went from there in 2005. Kirk Leon bought Southern National, and this was my first time as a as a tech man. I was uh, I was helping Kim Shaver back then, and Charlie Lamb. They they had the racetrack. They was going out. Charlie was leaving. He helped me a lot, you know, to get going in the tech side. And Kim Shaver did. Well, me and Kim were going to work together the following season, and Kim got sick. And uh, it left me doing all the classes pretty much the whole next season by myself. So I got I learned pretty well then, you know, how to, to work around the tech business and how it was going to be. And from there on, I worked Southern National until they closed. And then when Mike Diaz opened it back up, 2012, I worked with Mike then. Um, but I worked with the Mass Series uh, with Ron Barfield for the last four or five years and, and done several other stuff with NASCAR. It was the Cars Tour. Uh, tech director for the, for two years until uh, David come on board, and after that I've been on and off working for several different things with Diaz at Southern National and with Ron still because my son races. We race the limited late model and we're trying to get him back going again. I've kind of put him off for a long time, but now is he's got more of my attention than anything in racing right now. I still do a lot of it. I I still res respect. It. You know, a lot of the officials that I've met along the way, and if it wasn't for them, you know, I probably wouldn't be in it right now still. So what's your official job title for this year? Crew chief. Crew chief? Yep. Crew chief? Yep. All right, all right. <laughs> well, I guess uh, now that everybody's introduced and you guys are kind of familiar with the uh, voices out there uh, for everybody listening, uh, we can dive on in to uh, some, of the, uh, some of the topics of the night. Um. Obviously, um, 
obviously the biggest topic here lately has been spindles. So uh, I'd like to you know get you guys' take. Whoever wants to go first can can start. Or nobody. Ain't, ain't nobody like go with it. I think you should go with it. Yeah, so, you uh, should. Yeah, dive right anyway, in. Anyway, uh, you know, I I guess I kind of uh, hadn't been on the tech side this year, this past year. So uh, I kind of can, I guess, step back and take a look. Sure. At, look at what's going on or whatever. But you know, it's you know Roger alluded to it. The, the whole sport is built about or built around just getting better, making things better. The rules are try to are in place to try to control costs, mainly for safety purposes. But anytime a rule comes out, people's going to try to make that uh, either it's a gray area. They're going to take whatever it is, whether it's a carburetor, a spindle, or whatever, and get all they can get out of it. So, uh, it's NASCAR's job, and I'm going to say NASCAR because really they're the they're the king daddy that sure. that, that places direction. Right is uh steps in and tries to control these costs so you know from my perspective i i think them stepping in and trying to uh control that is a good thing now i think it's evolved from from uh from bump stops and and roger knows way more than this and these guys do too probably than me because i've been a little bit out of it but uh from the flexing of the spindles and one thing mm-hmm. or another and, and the I, i've seen some of the fabricated ones break over the years and uh you see a car keep losing camber or gaining camber, you know the spindle's fixing to give way. But uh, but I think NASCAR had stepped in and, you know, and I think they needed to and say, hey, we've got to control the cost on this stuff. We're pricing everybody yep. out of business. And and I think they've done that. Now, I'm probably going to step on some toes here. but I hope so. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, this whole, in my opinion, the whole spindle controversy could put, be put to rest and and a phone call, mm-hmm. and that is if cars would get on board with NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR's come out and said, "You've got to, you've, you know, here's a rule: you can't run that spindle." Yeah. Okay. Then you have cars saying, "We're going to let you run the spindle." Right. Right or wrong, it's just all these rules. I don't think racers they care about it because of the money. But I don't right. think a lot of times outside the money they care they don't care what the rule is. Mm-hmm. They just want the rule in black and white and for them to be able to go everywhere right. and not have to fight. Right. Whether they can run something or can't run something one place or the other. Right. So uh you know, it either needs to be allowed across the board, uh, but I don't think you can just open up everything and NASCAR's tried to pull this pull the spindle deal in and unfortunately if cars don't follow listen i think the world i think the cars deal is a great a great yeah. series i don't want anybody sure uh to to say that i uh don't like the cars deal because i do right. i think it's a great torn series uh but i do think if they would step in and 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 say <coughs> that spindle is not allowed so it'd be a done deal. You think that would help the local racetrack? Is what you're it saying? It would help help the local racetrack. I don't, you know, the Torn deal is is it its own identity per se, and I think it almost. I just went down this makes with, it. route with Kevin Piercy, so I have a question for you. Okay. Do you believe that the touring guy, if you're saying that cost is the only real true line in the sand, right? That's kind of what we're saying, because we're just trying to curb the cost. Yeah, but it, and I would say it's more cost than it is safety because correct. Really, I, I agree really with you. The, really, the the uh, 
the, the I, I agree with you. out there would be safe. Correct. Uh, I, I agree with you. But my my question is, if it's only cost, do you not think that the Touring Series cars, in essence, I'm not labeling them as being privileged or anything like that, but what I'm saying is the, carings, the, the people that run the Cars Touring Series that buy three sets of tires a weekend are not not going to Hickory because they can't run a billet spindle. If they had to buy a billet or a standard spindle for three hundred dollars to go run Hickory, and they needed two, so that would be six hundred. I'm betting you that most of them would do it. Uh, I, w- I would probably agree. Some of them would. I, I, I so, uh, but I think it's it's the natural. You think it's bad for the overall the racer, sport? And I've been there before. Is to say I don't want to change them if I don't have to, so I'm going to push, 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 and try to get it sure. to where where I don't have to change it. Uh, well, since we've got uh, David here, yeah. uh, Lightning from the car store, let's uh, first of all clarify that that is the car store position that you guys will allow it. And second, what's your thoughts on what uh, Scott had to say? Well, yeah, we're going to allow it, and I can say yes, I understand what Scott's saying. And I, I have a problem with the spindle because there's the high-dollar spindle is being allowed and the cheaper version is not being allowed. Okay, explain that. <clears throat> All right, you got a drop-forward spindle that's going to be allowed. Mm-hmm. It's $1,150. Mm-hmm. You got a billet spindle, which is not allowed, that's 950 Okay. I would be good with it. If you wiped them all off the board and we went back to just one spindle. Well, do me a favor and explain that a little further because I don't, I don't know that everybody listening understands the difference between the two of those. So explain, you know, maybe who they come from, who builds them. I don't, you know, explain that to us. Um, I'm not going to say who builds them. That gotcha. mean, no, that's, that's fine. That's, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, the drop forward spindle has to go through two different steps to mm-hmm. be built which mm-hmm. actually costs more. Mm-hmm. And it's being a three-piece. So that's the Kyle Busch, and I, you know, in right. quotations here, I'm right. saying Kyle Busch type spindle that's that Marcus three, Richmond Right, three-piece spindle. Okay. The other one is one solid spindle. Okay, uh, now that that's the one that Jay Hedgecock sells, correct? Correct. Okay. <laughs> um, if they would have took them both off the board, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have, we'd have followed right in. But... So they only took Jays off the board, that's what you're saying? Right. Okay. Now, is that your understanding, Scott, is it that it's just that one-piece spindle, the, the three-piece is allowed? Uh, that was That's my understanding of it. Now, like I say, I kind of – I probably know enough about getting in trouble here, but uh, <laughs> but the reality is, is uh, my understanding is the billet one-piece spindle mm-hmm. that, that is the expensive one that – it's just not an off-the-shelf item. It's and not, and it's not winning races too because Mike Bush can address this because Southern National we had a winner that his car was all handmade spindles. Yeah, yeah. Top four yeah. at Southern National was hand-built. Yeah, I understand that. People are jumping on this bandwagon, but it's. We tried to make that a point when we checked the the right the 
the finishing order after the last Thanksgiving Classic at Southern National. Part of what we were trying to do is compare the latest lightweight stuff, you know, that's on the market that everybody is, if you're going to win a race, be competitive, do what the cars are doing like they did at the race that Southern National had. And we we were bringing it to attention because that was the reason they were winning the races, not the fact that Matt McCall's car was a 2010 sure, BRW. Yeah, that was a great point. Great Deke, point. I loved it. Deke's car was a 2013 Hedgecock car. Uh, yeah, they probably had updated stuff here and there. but 280 know. pounds of lead on the winner. Yeah. Took his rear shocks apart to check his piston. The shocks had cobwebs on it for where the car had been sure. sitting for a year. Right. You know, so. I think that's great for people to know, though. Yeah. I think that's great for people to know. They, yep. I, don't, I think people give you guys a hard time a lot of time because they don't understand that you're gaining analytics behind the scenes that they yep. don't know. How many people know that? Yes, we're looking at seeing what spindles are oh, yeah. on what cars. We, we, we're, we're taking all this. You may, as a racer, have such a small snapshot of what it truly is yeah. where you guys are making your own analytics to try to make these decisions more informed. Oh, yeah. On the level that we do it here with the weekly racing series with late-mile stocks, limiters, or whatever, there ain't a car out there that we really can't sit here and tell you that we don't know what somebody's got on their car, what they're running. You know, if they change something on the car, we can really, you know, we can really tell a difference. I know with working with Scott and Lightning, I haven't worked with Kenny on, at, at the racetrack situation. But we, we always governed with common sense. And we didn't, you know, we didn't belittle nobody. We don't belittle anybody now. You know, yeah, but you know you we tell, just right? kind of work like, the same. Most of the time, you guys can tell if it's something That's that right. you, you uh, this is something that I think people take out on, on guys that are tech guys. And I think it's... It, it's not quite right for the simple fact of, listen, we all know whether we're right or wrong. 90% of the time, I'm going to say even higher. I'm going to say 95% of the time, a guy that really spends time with his race car, the way he should be, knows what's right and what's yep. wrong. So the interesting part is you're not after everybody to just pitch them. You, no, you try to be understanding that this is the level that we're at and here's what we're doing and we're trying to do yeah. the best that we can with everything, but we don't have 400 officials and we That's don't right. have, you know, I, I think those are some of the reasons I mean, why. And I agree with that. When I, when I was racing, I mean, I, when we went to the racetrack, I knew whether it's right, sure. or, right sure. or wrong. Now, and, and just like Mike said, you know, we try to use some common sense in it. Uh, there's a difference in cheating and fell in tech. Yes, right. I agree. Uh, or just if, trying to get back to the racetrack. For sure, yeah, 100%. Well, just something on there to try to get back to the racetrack. I mean, if, if a car is supposed to have a 500 carburetor on it and it's got a 650, he's cheap. Yes. Right. right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. But if, but if a car comes through the tech shed after the race and he's getting all he can get and the thing's a 16th of an inch low on the roof height, I, I don't think he, he – he mounted the roof to be borderline – and he's got his hatch to be borderline, but the bottom line is he's uh, it, he didn't fly out mount up roof an inch low. Right, he's his air is low. He's Something tried to, he's so, trying to get all he can right. get, and it won't pass. So that's, that's the kind right. of stuff you try to look at. Now, some of those rules are black and white too. Sure, it says forty-eight inches. It's forty-eight inches. That's right. Uh, but you can't. You can't. Uh, label somebody as a cheater when they when they're a sixteenth of an inch uh, low on the roof height. 
If they got a 650 carburetor and they're supposed to have a 500, right, they're a that's cheater. A, that's, they're a they're cheater, cheater. Right. in my book. So, And we all know, like you said, when, and, and the racers know. If you don't, uh, you're not if, working if, on your car hard right. enough. Let's, go, I mean, let's be honest racetrack. about it. We always went to the racetrack to be on the limit, not to be a cheater. Uh, now, have I done some things in the past that crossed the line? Yeah. You were supposed no to. That was your job, no though. So, uh, I mean, I'm not saying but, to get busted forever, but as racers, that's, right. that's kind of what we're supposed to do. That's right. Uh, like, I'm supposed to do that, and you just gave me rules <laughs> to do it. How, <laughs> right. how how hard is this concept? Right. Uh, going, going back to the spindle thing, mm-hmm. uh, given what he said, talking about the difference in price, they outlawed the one that's cheaper. Do you still feel the same way? Do you feel like that they should outlaw the, the cheaper one too? Or do you I, think NASCAR needs to actually step in and, and either do them all or not any? Here, here's my stance on it. We need to keep cost in control. Right. Okay? So I if agree. there's a less expensive spindle, I think that one is alternative. That's the one that needs to be approved. Yeah. I guess the key on this is – so we got to get on the same page. Right. Cars and NASCAR, these guys that's got these cars have got to, to be able to go but, run the cars or run a weekly racetrack. And, I mean, that's the biggest thing I hear. To me, the racetracks need to be on that same motor. And, and, and I was just going to – that's yeah. what, what, what was, was going to be my question to you. My my biggest problem is there's a lot of knowledge right here. How do we – how does the how, – how do – how does the local race? Let's catch everybody at one time. How does the local racer intermingle with the cars tour deal? Because he doesn't overly now. I don't mean it badly. You get a lot of local guys, a few hickory guys that'll join into your race, but but not the mass quantity. In the old days, when you guys and I'm not dogging, but in the old days, wasn't doesn't that the deal? Greg tells me stories all the time about that was the deal, right? When a big a big race came to hickory, he, you couldn't wait if you were a hickory local guy because this was your opportunity that you've Absolutely. run 12 million laps over there to take a shot at these dudes. Mm-hmm. And now and now it doesn't exist like that now. No. And that's. I don't, I don't like that. I, I don't yeah. like it either. I don't think it's good for the deal. I just, do you think the spindle separates that? No, I'd say uh, tires and cost and gas, and it just costs yes. them too much to run the cars deal. Right. If you just said they, they buy three sets of tires. I don't, I don't disagree. So my question is to you, then we're really talking about two different people that want to race. Two completely different. We're talking about the car store guy conceptually has not been the guy that wanted to save money long. There's more trucks and trailers in there than there is at, at any racetrack you go to. Right. You, you are talking about somewhat two different sets of racers, but at the same time, the car store does a lot to draw in those local guys. They give them free tires, and they got all kinds mm-hmm. of incentives. I don't have them all in front of me. I, I, do, I agree, which is one of the reasons I think the great thing about the car store saying, hey, we accepted it because of this. Right. Right? I, I, I applaud I like that the explanation. answer. Yes, yeah. I 100% want you to know. That I, I made more sense to me than anything anybody's told me. In the last six months. This is the parameters we were given. This is why we did what we did. Yeah. And that's I mean, it. That's it. And, I mean, it's not too – one statement that I probably shouldn't make and I'm going to probably regret I ever said this. <laughs> <laughs> when it was brought up to NASCAR in April of last year and it was okay at that point in time mm-hmm. before anybody had them. Right. That's, as we say, that's when the pregnancy should have been took yeah. care of. I used we it earlier. Me and Bush were talking about <laughs> over there earlier. Same thing. Because at that point in time, 
guys, it's three or four cars that got them, five cars got them. Right. But at the way the rule was wrote, it met the rule. So everybody else started buying them. Right. So and we went way too far. It's you know, think, And I, I think, think that's part of the – they're missing the leadership from somebody like Kenny or Lynn when he was doing his thing when right. he was involved. I think the biggest problem that you've got let, – let's look at the big picture. The problem you got is there's not enough late model stock cars to run at all these racetracks. Nope. They're 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 not there. I agree. You get ten or twelve cars, maybe, maybe. So this racetrack is going to do whatever they can, make any kind of rules. If a guy's got a big carburetor and he wants to run it, they're going to let him come do it. Right. Not saying all the racetracks. I'm just saying if you get one or two bad ones in yeah, the group. But, but it happens. Wait right. a minute. You're, you're not mm-hmm. saying anything that's untrue. You, you can run different springs at Hickory than you can at anywhere else. I don't mean that bad. Not yeah. to, I'm not crapping on Kevin. I'm just saying that right. he's got people that want to run those springs, so he takes the two or three cars that want to run them. He doesn't see a monster advantage right now, right. so he goes with it. So there you go. Yep. So now they, they come show up. They can't go no place else, or they can. There'll be three of them, three or four, want to go somewhere else, and they'll say, well, sure, come on. So the, yeah. the rule book, it needs to be uh, printed on softer paper so you can actually use it. Yeah, <laughs> Basically. yeah no, I, 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 mean, I applaud that. that. Yes, is that's that right. What, that's what's that's going, right. And you can't, uh, the, the racers are pushing it. The car builders are pushing it with little tricks and things of this nature that's not approved. But if I can get, sure. three, if I can get three cars to run it somewhere, then we got five cars here. They're the, it's all over the country. Boom. The engines, the engines is the same thing. We'll let the engine guys do what you know. They can add a little here and do a little there. And as long as it's as long as it gets soaked in here and there, uh-huh. then boom. It's and there's nothing. What are you going to do? Then all these guys have lost all that money that they've spent because it's out of sorts. So does everybody go under the same rules? How they, how are you going to do that? I'm, I don't know. Yeah. You guys are the tech that's, guys. That's, I'm that's, asking, that's what I'm asking. Can everybody they, go under the, the same rules? The tech guy don't make that decision. Uh, no, I, I, I completely <laughs> understand. Yeah, I, I don't mean it in that context. I, I just mean, uh, will, the, will the racetracks, you know, I guess that's a question for the racetracks. Will the racetracks go? And would you guys as, as, as past tech guys or people involved in the sport in that way, would you would you think that, it would be a viable option to the racetracks to everybody go in one rule because they'll descend, sure won't they? But nah. but they'll descend. Yeah, because Used to be that way. Because their car count's going to be low this week, and they'll do whatever right. they can do right. to get the car count up next week, and really don't care about next month. Correct. Short term. <laughs> That's a conversation that me and Roger have all the time. We Every racetrack is in a short term. That's it. Game. That's right. Short term. Every week, whatever it takes this week to get them cars there, it doesn't matter what they can do. So it's it's actually not the spindle is just one of the things. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's just actually one cog not the it's not the issue. Right. The issue yeah. is no, you know maybe it's come to the point back in the seventies, and I seen it. I was a part of it that late model sportsman cars went touring. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's come to that point that late model stock cars need to go touring. And we go to limiteds for the weekly show or something. Well, I don't I mean, know. That, that's been happened. talked about, and that should—I think it should have happened, right? Because the cost, the common everyday guy that's working out of his gas station garage back there can't race a late model stock car. They no. can't afford it. I agree. And actually, your racetracks are at the point that the purses they need to pay out to get the cars is just not there. I mean, it's not coming in the gate. Well, again, again, they've gotten lazy. Yeah. 
again, the racetracks have gotten lazy. They don't get out and hunt their sponsorships. They don't get out and do this. They 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 yeah, you lean they lean on the back gate to pay for their purses. You know, basically your go kart racing. You pay the entry fees and whatever, and then you get your money back at the end of the night. Yeah. Now, yeah. Okay. So look at, but let's look at, let's not just crap on the racetrack because they're not here. I know you weren't, yeah. but I, I want to. You guys have all been inside a racetrack machine, right? You um, oh, yeah. all know how that works, and I think a lot of people that listen to our show or the racer, me as a racer, I didn't know how much it was involved with that until I came to Performance Center, and then I got to see, holy cow, there's a lot more in the tech side or a lot more. Before, I just had to beat one or two tech guys, and now I have to beat tech guys from, you know, Myrtle Beach to Kingsport. So the interesting part to me is do, do you think that they'll – the racetrack doesn't see a way that they can be profitable by, by running a – limited type car because they need the tire revenue and they need all the other revenues to make that happen so it w- they only need that because they're paying too much okay yeah, I, yeah. I i know all the numbers from that side of it and the one thing about it they could run limiteds hickory pays like 500 bucks or something you know to win i think for the limited division there's no reason why they couldn't pay that off of just entries that don't really even need the tire money they could go to a y3 and they could run two sets a year and it'd be golden i could tell you that yeah, sure. but do you think people would still complain well, sure. I mean, you're never going to stop people. From but, so then, but you're going to lose all those people in the middle, is what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think you're going to. You're you're going to gain more if they can play a long term game. You're going to gain more every time. No I matter don't, what. I don't think there's enough meat to divide it. Is all I'm saying. Well, there's not at the moment. That's why you got to play a long term game. You got to lose for a short period of time. Yeah, but okay. So all the at the economic state that 90 percent of these racetracks are in, do you really think that they can lose a big amount short term and still make it? They're never going to make it long. No, so I think I think that, I think the racetracks are all of them are, you know, are struggling. I would I not no, no do doubt, what Kevin no Piercy does. I talk to him often. I yeah. don't mean that honest. There's no right. amount of money. I don't care if I could win the lottery. Doesn't matter. I would not do what he does. Listen, I and I've you know myself and Kevin's pretty good sure, friends, and I sure. talk to him often. And you know, I can tell you, he's he he has sleepless nights sure. trying to keep the gates. Open. I guarantee it. No doubt. I guarantee and, it. And uh, and it he's it's tough. He's not. Uh, he, he's not there to to try to. I don't. I'm not going to use the word I want to use here, but uh, he's not there to try to drag all the money that he can out of racer. But on the other hand, you know, they're he, all he's in business. Keep right the now. door open. Yeah, that's right. For know? sure. And just like other places, you know, the racetracks that I've seen do really well and have all the woo woo to them. Yep. Has been they've got other financial backing, sure. backing them. Sure. Yeah. And listen, I, I, I would not want to go buy a racetrack and have to pay for it today. No. You know, it was. No. I, I don't think that would. I be would. The best if I could get it cheap enough, I would do it. Huh. I would legitimately would buy a racetrack if I could get it cheap enough. One up the road here, not far. Three hundred ninety-nine thousand. I know. I, I legitimately week. think. I legitimately think that I I would if I could buy it cheap enough. This is my next long five-year plan. Langley knows me and have been talking. I, I'm i legitimately going to buy a racetrack. That's going to be my next thing, and I'm going to run every kind of craziness in there that I possibly can. Meaning, I think these racetracks have no idea of their value. So you think you think, I you, would can, have, you, think you can make plenty of money at it? I think I, I, think I, do. I because, do. Because if you do, you got we got you got four guys here who'd like to come to work for you. Yes, I, 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 I honestly believe <laughs> you pay well. I honestly believe that I, I 
I think I think you could put enough of a show on through enough different things that you could make you could make it work. I think the way that people view things in your generation of the tech guys out here and the way that people view things in the younger generations are completely different. Yep. Like I would broadcast every one of my races on TV. I would take it all national. I'd want people fighting in the pits. It would be that Bowman Gray show all over again. Like and I well, and jumbo drums with a kiss cam. I, I don't even right. know. I don't. Exactly. I, I would. I would yeah. make it a destination of places to go, people, things to happen. And that's people. how you yeah. got to separate it from what they can do on their cell phones, sitting at home or whatever. Yeah, but I don't think you got to separate it. I want them on their cell phones at home, tuning yeah, in and viewing well, and doing I'll this and talking about how crappy it is and people beating each other up. And I, that's what I want. That's well, a joy look, to me. Well, that's no. what they're not doing now. They're sitting at home on their cell phone. There's nothing up there cooking their interest to get them to the racetrack now to watch. Well, how, how's I, Dominion I doing? I mean, how's, how, how's Dominion doing? I mean, they 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 okay. They I mean, opened up. They've got they they, they struggled with car count last they, year. Huh? They struggled a little bit with car count. Yeah, last but year, they're right? again. They're doing concerts. They're, they're doing, doing go kart like races. They're doing road races. They're doing club things. They're they're nonstop. Yeah. Racetracks have to be a multi-use facility. If me and Langley don't kill each other, some big things are going to happen the in the next two years. Night of destruction at Hickory. There's. They're not on their cell phone sitting at home. They're, right, at, they're, they're for it. Yeah. Right. They, they want to see excitement. If, if you're going to put on a show, and, and to us, about, about watching a couple racing. cars ride side by side is yeah. a show. Yeah. <laughs> to the rest of the public, it is not. No, no. So, no they come to see wrecks. They come to see stuff yep. get okay. towed up. Right. I mean, right. If I go to, to Bowman Ang- Gray and I don't see a show, then <laughs> I get mad. Uh, right. Biggest night at Bowman Gray is when they have the trucks, the monster trucks, yeah. and the demolition. Like, I, that's I, their biggest. I nights. think I, this is the only thing I can say is I think the racetracks. My only way to say that something that I would like to see the racetracks do more is the way we're getting people engaged is not working. Let's let's be really honest. Like Hickory at the gate when they let everybody come down is a big thing. If you sit there and watch. I would say 90% of the crowd comes out of the crowd, walks down onto the racetrack, and spends a bunch of time. Now, after that, who is engaged? There's no engagement for them. They just sit there and watch what happens. And hopefully something good happens that they got videoed so they have something to talk about. Because otherwise, one or two cars run away from the rest of the field, and it's terrible hoping that they get a late caution so that maybe there'll be some good racing toward the end. And then after the race, after the race, back back in my day, we stood on the back, at the back of the car, right. and sold T-shirts. Oh, I mean, cause and, they, and, right. So Bowman Gray does now. Now you can't go down on the pit road because you'll get run over by a trailer and, trying you know, to beat I, the other one I out of the gate. I think this is astronomically nuts too. Like for every young racer in the world, I cannot believe they don't do a T-shirt hustle. Like a T-shirt hustle, if you're a young local racer guy that will sit behind his. I watched Tony Stewart. T-shirt hustle to cup. I'm, I'm serious. When we were, he was in the back. He would have T-shirts in the back of this vehicle that he had at these dirt tracks, and he T-shirt hustled himself to cup. But our young people don't T-shirt hustle at all. I'm sorry, I know that was off topic. I just wish that our young people could make some money. You see a lot of these guys. We're talking about Thomas oh, Bean yeah. or or your son, or we see yeah. a lot of these guys that are working very hard and struggling to try to get everything that they can get. And I mean, you're the T-shirt wizard, Langley. Well, what does it cost to print a T-shirt? Five bucks, six bucks. Way way more than it should. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, probably $7. It's probably so you got $7 and you sell 10 of them for $20 after your thing. You, you just, I think everybody just wants it given to them. Right. And if I'm glad you brought that up because those are some of the ways that our lost arts 
that racers were able to race. That's right. Yeah. Racers were able to race. And we, 90% of these two kids back here, they couldn't remember buying a T-shirt at a racetrack that there was. Because it doesn't happen. If you go to a dirt race, when Sammy Swindell used to sign T-shirts, they'd be wrapped around the entire racetrack waiting for him to sign racetracks or T-shirts. That dude would be there two hours. That's the way Bowman Gray is for the modified guys a lot of nights. I mean, mean, that's... But they've played the game, and they've stuck with it. And that's a a long-term thing. You watch Bowman Gray. Everything there's long-term. They've done everything forever. And you said long-term. I mean, like when we used to run Hickory every week, you know... Three quarters of the field were lo- or not really locals. They were from there. There's, but they had ran there for quite a while. You know, a lot of them nowadays are just in and out in a couple of years. Oh, for sure. So they don't get a fan base. And where where we run there every week, uh, we we sold a lot of t-shirts. Right. But, but uh, now there's really no identity to those drivers. Right, they have no the brand. They have no nothing. Right. They yeah, don't 100%. use. Right. There's no interaction. There's no anything. Right. Well, let's not go too far down that hole because uh, we can't put fans back in the stands in one night here. So, um, I'm not thinking that, but I, I, I like the fact understand. that we got some of these old school guys, and I don't mean to keep calling you that, but you got a chance to see it. I was Bush and I were talking about this. You got a chance to see it when it was great. Yeah. So many people haven't gotten a chance to see it, so I think they don't have a vision to know even how to get it back there because uh, they weren't around. Or what the potential could be. Right. Yeah. They, they, they just weren't there. Give us our next topic. Right. Um, next topic is, uh, well, let, let's talk about the, the tech process at racetracks. I, one of the things, talking with racers, you know, they said, well, I go over here, and they check it this way. Like, they have the same rules. You know, not all of them, obviously, as we've established before. But they have the same rules, but they're teching it differently. What, what do we got to do to get all the racetracks on the same tech process? You got to send officials to school. Well, where's mm-hmm. the school at? Can we start it tonight? We could. We got ninety percent well, I mean, right here. I, I, I right here, we, goes, you know, I think good. that goes back to to, Going by to Joe book. Collins and Lynn Carroll yeah. and 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 Kenny, Kenny. when yeah. they were doing. It. You had somebody that went from racetrack to racetrack. Right. That was a connection to try to get everybody on the same page. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we don't have. We that, had. Huh? We don't have that. Yeah, when and we went by the NASCAR rule book, we when it was by. printed out. Yeah. Like if there was, was a question yeah, used for what it was intended to be, yeah. that wasn't an issue. If I had a question at well, Hickory you still and you had you a still question got at Southern National and yeah. you had a question at yeah. Caraway or the other, every other place you worked from South okay, Boston keep everywhere on. else. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you could call Kenny or you could yeah. call Lynn or you right. could call and, and get clarification on it. Yeah. Now, that's gone. Now we got to text each other, you know. And, and that's uh, one thing I I can tell you from being working with Carstool. And being being in charge of the the deal for the late model stocks, you know, same way with Lightning right there is basically, you know, he's the man, he's in charge of what happens if there's an issue with it. He'll present it to Chris and Jack, and and they'll work through it. But there's not a there's there's somebody there with their hands on it at all times, and that's and that's what I think where NASCAR has lost it. They don't have someone there. Local mm-hmm. racetracks are a different entity from each other so much that this guy we'll go to this nascar track and they jack the car up and put it on four inch blocks and check ride height this racetrack we'll go to and they don't check ride heights it's just it's so far all over the board on the procedures if we could just get back to if we're running nascar rules we're a nascar racetrack we go by the nascar rule book this is how all the racetracks are going to do it 
and that's how it needs to be. Just the way, the same way he does when he goes to all his cars tour races. They know exactly how it's going to be unless there's something that they know ahead of time that they know before they get there. It comes in an email or they call. They know how it's going to be from every race to every race. And that means a lot. And I think that's part of the lure to a lot of the teams that run the tour now is because they know it's, it's established how it's going to be. It don't start out as a problem in April, and then when we get to Martinsville, it blows up and, and becomes a problem for everybody. And then we got people yelling and cussing at everybody. It just that the NASCAR part of it to me just needs to have its. It needs to put somebody in control of what's in that rule book. If you are a NASCAR sanctioned racetrack and that's your rules, that's what you go by. That's how it is. And until they get to that point, I just see it being uh, you know, see a you know control over. Yeah, it ain't no control. I mean, it's just like Kenny said, uh, you know, sure, a training, a school would be great. But we'd have to have yeah. one for every racetrack. But who's, well, and who's, and who's going to pay me, for it? Let me chime in here. Just had, had a, uh, we had a chat, a chat line, a chat board, or whatever it yep. was. Remember that. Every, every official could sign on to that. Crickets. Nobody wants to play. You've got weekend, not everybody. I'm, I'm not bashing everybody, but you get four or five or two or three or one or two that that's just weekend warriors. What was you bitching about before this started, that you was down in a junkyard on your day off and measuring a metric frame so you could take them? Right. How many officials does that at the racetrack? Yeah. You're talking about walking through the pit road and, and, and finding this and finding mm -hmm. that as, as they're practicing and stuff. How many officials get out of the tech shed and actually walk down pit road and look at them race cars and come across something right. that's, Hey, I may need to check on that. There's so, that's different. They don't even know. So you You're know, right. they need and, and you need a school. The 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 officials that grip seminar that they've had a couple of months ago. Wouldn't that be awesome for the officials to attend that so they can understand what the racers are trying to do? I, I think we found Kenny's retirement project. <laughs> Listen, no, I, I mean, no, no, I'm going to tell job. you this. I think that I think that the the problem. I'm sure there was plenty of problems, but the biggest problem I think that you had when you were at NASCAR was you just couldn't have a voice. You didn't have a voice. Like the the biggest problem was for for the racer. You tried to make yourself accessible, but you didn't have a voice. People they're gonna have to get somebody that they allow to wrestle the bull themselves. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not the guy wrestling the bull, you have no idea how bad it is. So somebody's going to have to be able to make a decision. A lot more people have will have access to you through coming through this show that didn't know maybe your position on X, Y, or Z. So where I think some of it gets stymied is it's almost got to be, I don't know, That's either through social media going. or whatever. Somehow you got to be able to identify that person that's in that position somehow has to be able to get the word out to everybody exponentially the way they digest it now, which is not through an email that has some rules on it or we've already seen the way it's going with right. the Facebook and all. Right. right? It's not through that. It, it, it's going to have to be a way that has a broad reach because we're talking about different generations of people. The people you want to receive an email or it be in the rule book. Some 21-year-old kid doesn't – he don't even – he's never even seen the rule book, man. He doesn't even know the rule book. He was in here today, a 21-year-old kid, no idea, never even seen the rule book before. I said, man, I don't think you can do that. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, have you checked in the NASCAR rule book? He's like, no, I never got one. I'm like, you got a license, right? Yep. Okay, they, they send it to you in there. It's in that thing in the – yeah, no. 
So wait I a minute. I don't even you, think they send them anymore. You've legitimately been racing for two years and had race at a weekly basis at a racetrack and don't have any rules. No. Okay. We're in trouble. We're in that, severe that's trouble. The, that's where the, cor- the cars deal, what Mike was just talking about. They got somebody there with that voice to make a decision. Yeah. And he's got it on all platforms. And, and NASCAR don't have right. that. He puts it on right. Facebook. He puts yeah, it on Instagram. He sends out an when email. You get to the racetrack, it ain't going to be a surprise. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'll admit, I, I, when I first started down the Texas shed at Hickory, I, I kind of learned the hard way on one. And, uh, and it was the ride height rule. Everybody was complaining that the cars that went out to qualify first or last had an advantage because when you come off the racetrack and you come to the scale, uh, the cars that went out first, the cars wouldn't come back up in time, so that they wouldn't they'd, they'd fail the ride height rule. That's right. And the ones hmm. that went out last had an advantage hard. because they had to sit in line and the cars would come yeah. back up. So, so we we switched it up one night. I said, okay, everybody's complaining. We'll fix that. So we didn't weigh them when they come off the racetrack. We rolled them right up to the to the height pad, and uh, so th- they would all be coming in the tech shed well three quarters of the field failed right you know <laughs> so uh and i had uh, one of them darren barnes is a good friend of mine sure uh, over the years i mean he looked at me and he says we don't know what to expect right right and uh and that that hit home with me that the racer and you mm-hmm. hit on it a while ago th- the racer really don't care what the rule is the racer just wants to know and wants to be want it, it checked That's consistently right. And yes. I think that's what you allude yeah. to, Amigo. When they come to the racetrack, they know how it's going to be. They just want to know how big their box is to play in. Right. That's it. So that's so we changed the way we was doing at Hickory, and we started jacking them up beforehand and said, we're going to get rid of that. And we've done it every week the same way. Do they figure out how to get around that? Absolutely. That's oh, yeah. what they do. Right. That's what you we're know? supposed to do. But they do know where the box is. And as long as we said we saw you can do, give them a box. Well, NASCAR, you've been inside the machine of NASCAR. Will NASCAR allow somebody to take that much weight? I don't know. You'd have to ask them. I I wasn't trying to pick on you. I I wasn't singling you out. I I, I just, somebody that's been in the machine, that knows how it works, I I just don't see them allowing somebody that much control. I just don't see it happening. Which is why I, I've become, I'm not a non-NASCAR component, but I like the Cars Tour because they do it the right way. How they do you, sit there, they let every, NASCAR's completely screwed up, they sit back, and they're like, this is going to be great. And they <laughs> take it, right, and with no expectation, they allow the spindle, or they allow this with no expectation, they let it race its way out, and then they make decisions. The, the Cars Tour, you guys dynoed all the motors, we talked about this a little bit ago, you gathered the intel and then made the decision but it's based off of the information that you're provided yeah. at the time. Real world information, right? It ain't made up, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 or the, somebody lying to you. Oh, somebody lying to you, but yeah. there right. you go. You you showed you had yeah. the dyno numbers on your phone oh, from when you dyno. That's, that's right. pretty cut and dry, Kevin. I know Kevin Piercy goes and dynos uh, when you were, and yeah. I think they you guys dyno. This is a cut and dry things, right? Like I just don't understand. I almost think that NASCAR wants to lose. I almost think they want to lose, by the way, that no good business ever would let its dealers run amok. If I had a, if I had chassis dealers all over the country and they were cutting pieces off and moving them in different directions and doing this and it completely – if every Ford dealer in the country put different wheels on that represented their Ford deal, Ford would tell them no way. 
every NASCAR racetrack that we go to has a different set of rules. That's not a brand. Na- Nas- say, it's not Na- a brand. NASCAR's business model for the short track racing sucks. Uh-huh. It's, it's terrible. Sucks. Right. It's terrible. And we're getting laughed at by yeah. everybody across the country mm-hmm. about it because yeah. this is home base for NASCAR. Sure. Yeah. We're, we're its closest reach in our area. And we're getting laughed at, by, you know, the, the Southern Short Track series with the Supers and all that. They're all sitting back and laughing at what we got going on. Yeah, but they're because we can't govern consistent, mm-hmm. right? Like it used to be for so long in late mile stock. You knew what the rules were. But somebody fell on the sword. Went. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But can, I'll tell you what happened. What do you mean? No, everybody knows what happened. No, no, Brooks about, went down yeah. there and oh, said, "Listen." Point, yeah. Everybody can kiss my hind end. This is the way we're going to do it. If you don't like it, I don't care if you're Stephen Walls, Johnny Billy. I don't care if you own Jags. I don't care what you do. Ha, you're done. Good Good luck. And what happened is it went through a thing where everybody was mad. Like I watched Stephen Walls one night try to choke. <laughs> I mean, they were screaming at everybody. But you know what? The tech still won. Right. And Stephen loaded his stuff up and raced again the next night. But – Everybody respected that decision. Yep. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And I think that's where the disconnect comes. There's no but who's going to – that's the question. That's what we need you guys to solve. Who's going to fall on the sword and say, I'm maybe, – maybe it's lightning. Maybe it's you. Who's going to fall on the sword and say, I'm the guy that's going to take control of the tech and be the complete prick? Because that's what you're going to have to be. Them people hate him down there. Legitimately, as many want to kill him – as respect him, Brooks. Yeah. But he's good for the sport. No, he's – Because he doesn't let anybody get away with anything. The car counts that are at uh, the World Series of Asphalt this week are there because of him, 99% of it. Right. Uh, the modifieds The racers especially. say that. The, the, the racers and, say And that's it. what I'm saying. Exactly. I think the racer is dying for someone. I think this is why you were successful. The racer is dying for someone that they respect mm-hmm. that yet has a brain. You were successful at Hickory. You, yep. I heard you many a time tell Kevin, man, I don't think that's the way we should do it this time. This, do this, this. Yeah. And I don't mean that it was shady things. I'm just saying this doesn't really behoove that treatment that we're wanting to do here. Let's work inside. He's wor- There's just ways of handling the situations. And- and, mm-hmm. But until one person wants to eat all the garbage, it's not going to happen. But how do we do that with NASCAR being the, the, the governing body if we're not involved with NASCAR? Somebody's got to get in there. And make it happen. I, I think there's an easy way to make that happen. Sure. There is nothing Go to in, the, in the there's nothing in the NASCAR agreement with the racetracks that would forbid them to run by car store rules and to allow car store to govern that. Right. Nothing. I think they should do it. There's nothing. <clears throat> we literally could put Lightning in there, be top man, hundred percent right now. There's the racetracks would have to get on board, obviously, but there's nothing there saying that they can't. Everybody is spun out. I wish everybody could see this. <laughs> we'll have video up later. Every, that was a good moment. Everybody, Everybody's just was, like, what that the? Was, that was genius. What the hell did you say? I, I, no, that, <laughs> good. Listen, I, I, I agree with that. I, Somebody. It, it needs The car store seems to want to, to have the guts. They right. seem it, to have the delivery they system. The work, they but, do it. But you, you, you don't think they do, you're wrong. you got to follow one or the other. And I guess that was my point to start with on the spindles. It could be fixed by the cars following the NASCAR rule. Right. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Either way. Either way. It's just uh, we got to we got to get them on the same page. I think cars does a lot of things. I think they use their brain a lot more. Oh yeah. They make better decisions. You don't have to think. The numbers prove that they do. Yeah. yeah. Right. I and, mean, the numbers prove uh, that they do. We went to the dyno this year six times. 
just this year just to make sure we had an even playing field. Right. You work that, it like a business. And what people don't understand is you use the same dyno, same, same temperatures, mm-hmm. same right. guy running it. You don't worry about your top number. You worry about your splits. And that seems to work. Who it's ate the cost like, for all that? Huh? Who ate the cost for all that? Jack. Jack. Exactly right. That's what I, I want people to know that. People don't, you know, hey, I go to the series. They don't provide me with anything. No, no, no. I don't think what you don't realize right. is they ate five five cars being chassis dynoed, and these are some of the infrastructure and the bills that you got to pay for. Anybody here at this table happen to know how many times NASCAR took a took a car to a dyno or an engine to the dyno? Yeah, that I mean, was the I right number. I don't know. Y'all, y'all not speaking was the right number. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, wait. When I was at Hickory. Hickory did. Uh, yeah, when Kevin took cars to the right. chassis dyno. But that wouldn't and, be and NASCAR. Stuff. That would be but specific on, to a track. But it was on Kevin's dime. Right. I just yeah, think so. yeah. that we have a complete situation of there's been no studying for a test. And it's exposing itself. It's exposing itself because they there's, there's just no studying. We have no... I'm not saying that you don't have analytics to people are running these spindles or doing this, but they're... They're already five dinos behind the yep. Cars Tour, yep. right? He just said that they dino five times, right? So NASCAR's already five dino trips and $3,000 behind NASCAR right now. But like now, when Kenny was there, he's the one, and he's got the name for the bump stops because Kenny understood bump stops, which at the time nobody else really did. And... He brought it into the situation. Best thing happened in the world because it put everybody on a even playing field at the time. Um, it threw a lot of them for a loop. I mean, so, you know, stuff like that, we've lost. When he left, Lynn left, Joe left because I was, I raced under Joe Collins too. But it's, when it, we have nobody. Les cannot do it all. No, mm-hmm. no. He's got too much on him. No, yeah. I agree. And Glover, he's got too much on him. That's so, right. you know, it's it's nobody to fall back to. Right, right. So, uh, And you say that, you know, if I ask, you know, all four of you guys right now, who who would you call if you had a problem? Let's say you're at a racetrack and you have a problem and you got to call somebody and ask her, who do you call? Do you call less? I mean. Yeah, who do you call? Can he tell you anything? Yeah. I mean. I mean, you call Bushy. I mean, or Lightning. I mean, who do you call? Everybody call that we other. call is in this room. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. And I mean, because we had a few issues this year helping at South Boston. We're not going to touch on that, but we're going on. <laughs> but we called Les. I heard a few stories about one of them. Called Les. He's on the airplane. He's got to get back to see the rule book so he can make sure he clarifies what we was checking. It's just that he's got so much going on. He's not that. He's not dependable enough for each track to wear him right. Wouldn't that have been much simpler if you were there and you're the car store guy and they're running by car store rules and you could have said, yep, that's right, or yes, or no, that's wrong. Yes. I mean, it's simple. Fixing this is simple. It really is. It really is simple. And I I, I hate I hate that we can't just go there. You know, and it, oh, yeah. the tracks can still get all the things that they get from NASCAR. And I know people say, well, NASCAR doesn't do anything. They don't the follow that's, the same NASCAR not, rule now anyway. Right, right. What's the difference? So, I mean, they'll, all, they'll get the perks that they see from the NASCAR side still. And then they got somebody to fall back. 
or a company to fall back on. Which the tell them what the perks are, because a lot of people don't know what the perks are for NASCAR for being a racetrack. Well, I'm a couple years removed, but I mean, I know you know they get you know some stuff from Wheeling, and uh, they get license money, you know, some of that back to the track, and obviously the points fund Upgrade. and all those things. So, but all those things will still come because most of the racetracks don't run by the NASCAR Wheeling All American Series rulebook outside of this region, anyways. And if not, they don't else, even have that kind of car. It, then it forces NASCAR's hand. Well, I mean, if nothing, because the greatest what are they thing could do happen. Then? All they need to do is delete the late model stock cars from that rule book, and that that will help start fixing things right there. I mean, that's all we got to do. Just so delete the NASCAR that. rule book. Let's delete the pages and just say refer to car stores. Exactly. <laughs> that's go. all they got to do. That's all they got to do. <clears throat> I mean, but if you go up north, SK Modifieds, great show every track sure. you go to. They pack right? them in there too. People love that. But they have. Do you know? Have you seen the rule book for them? A NASCAR rule book? They are NASCAR sanctioned. Yeah. I have not seen a rule book for them. Right. They The yeah. rules are per track, but the tracks got together and wrote their own rules. Right. I mean, and that's – you guys already have the template ready to go. And I'm not, I'm not advocating against NASCAR no. in any way, shape, or form. That's just a way to fix the rule side of it. A good way to unify it. Right. Unify the rules portion I of it. I mean – Well, it's, there's a gigantic hole in the boat right now, and it's – Oh, it's, you're right. Heated. Hello? I must be going. I cannot say I came to say I must be going. I'm glad I came. Final wrap up, part number one of the roundtable discussion with Scott Kilby, David Saunders, Kenny Hunley, and Mike Bushy. Keep logged on to race22.com for part two of the roundtable discussion. Until then, we'll see you at the races. But I am telling you, I must be going.